Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 32 of For Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. Each week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Good, man. I've got a... I feel like there's a weight off my off my mind. I had like some stuff that I had... I was like, I'm going to do this thing. And then I realized that like, you know, man... I just don't think I'm going to have time to do that. So I'm going to stop stressing about it. Nice. You have... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all good stuff to do. Like, it's just like, I'm trying to like deep clean my house and do some projects before summer's over and I have to go back to work. And I just sort of realized that like, I'm just not going to get it all done. And I just have to, you know, have to like be at peace about that. You know, the the desire to do all the things is good. Um, yeah, no, it is. But when you eventually you hit a point and you realize that doing most of the things is also pretty good. Is also pretty good. No, I've narrowed the list down to like I really wanted to do like a deep clean, like Marie Kondo style, like life changing magic of tidying up, like throwing a bunch of stuff away out of my house. Uh-huh. And uh, we're making pretty good progress on that. If I can get like that done, that would be that would be pretty rad. I love. Have we talked ever, ever talked about how much I love throwing things away? I think that we have, yeah. I love throwing things away. We have some friends, Ryan and Karen, they just bought a house. Did you know that? Yeah. Ryan and Karen just bought a house? Mm-hmm. Anyways, and uh, Karen says like, oh my gosh, we have all these boxes. She posted on Facebook. She's like, we have all these boxes. It's going to take us forever to unpack. And I said, listen, here's the deal. Here's what you do. This is just a life pro tip. I don't like hand out life. Actually, I do hand out life pro tips fairly frequently. Here's a life pro tip. Ready? If you're going to move, put all your stuff in boxes. Don't. Don't sweat it. You're moving. You have a lot to do. Pack it all up. Take it to your house. And here's where it gets weird. Fight the urge to unpack it all. Don't do it. Hunt for a year. Don't unpack for a year. I know you're going to feel bad about that, but this is a long-term investment in yourself, Matt. Fight the urge to unpack all that stuff for a year and just get things out of boxes like as you need them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, anything that's still on a box, throw it away. Throw it away. You haven't needed it for a year. The likelihood that you like super duper need it in your life is very, very low. Dave, this seems like a good idea. It also seems like the sort of idea that only works if you have moved into a large, like an area that is pretty large. Because if I did not unpack the boxes when I moved into my apartment, (laughs) then I would just be like tripping over boxes for a year because I don't have room for them. Yeah, listen, like I said, it's an inconvenience at the beginning. It's it's a long-term investment. And like, listen, don't throw away like your photo. Do people have photo albums anymore? Don't throw away your photo albums. But like, you know, just throw it away. Anyways, uh, we're not here to talk about that, Matt. No, Dave, we are here to talk about episode 32 of Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. It's called The School's Scary Nightmare, and I already watched it, and it sucks. Oh, yeah, me too. It sucks real hard. <laughs> We're going to talk about it anyways, but it's a very bad... I mean, as an episode of television... It's, it's a well-constructed episode. It's a well-constructed episode. We'll talk about it later. But I hate You'll get it. all of our hot takes. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, we're here to talk about that. But before we talk about that, Dave, of course, uh, as always, there are five... In the heavens... Wait... Could, how many times have you done this? Oh, my gosh. Uh, 200. Remember, we just talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What would you like to know 
Okay. <laughs> the first star is mine this week. I've got a script here, Dave. Uh, and apparently it's like just a little too far away from my eyes. Um, Dave... Shut- oh, that's an uncomfortable <laughs> reminder of your own mortality. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna put put that one put a pin in that one. We're gonna circle back around pretty soon. <laughs> Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to know what our first star of the week is? Uh, yeah, hit me. So, um, I had a house guest this weekend. How fun! Or I guess an apartment guest. I love having oh, house guests. A home I guest. actually have a house guest right now. Oh yeah, my father-in-law is here. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, so I it was a friend of mine from grad school. Uh, she had come up into town with her like some of her family members to see an exhibit at the art museum um and so she just hung out at my place all weekend oh i walked by that exhibit i did not actually go see it i saw part of it i saw the part that you could see for free well the thing is that that exhibit the the one that we're talking about um please google the name of the artist dave while i vamp for a second the yeah sure it is a series of like small rooms uh that are set up with like infinity mirrors on the inside and a bunch of like things inside to be reflected in those mirrors like lights and shapes and so forth um and so like you... uh, the artist's name is and man like forgive me there's a lot of vowels in this first name uh it's yayoi kusama yes okay and her thing is like bubbles and mirrors yeah uh it's really cool stuff um you probably would not have been able to just like hop in and get a ticket because this is the oh no it's like super sold out there was a sign out front of the museum like there are no more tickets for this today right there are no more tickets today there may not be more tickets until like the thing leaves i did manage to get a ticket i got a ticket the day that tickets went on sale my which was like july 16th uh the first time i was able to find a time that i could go was september 24th whoa is a popular. You mean exhibit. the ticket for? So what it is is yeah, that's like a room you go into. It's a series and of rooms. Every surface of the room is mirrored. Just look for it. Look at it. Yeah. It's very cool. Uh, anyway, they also, as part of this exhibit, Matt, have beach balls that are probably like Matt. I don't know, like eighteen feet in diameter, eighteen twenty feet in diameter. Let me tell you, uh, Buddy Bear loved those. Loved a giant, he was super into that polka dotted uh, beach ball. Yeah, he was real, real into it. Uh, I mean, that's very cool. Um, yeah, right. I mean, I would be into it. Anyway, so I don't have a lot to talk about about having a house guest for the weekend, except that house guests are nice and they're a great excuse to go out to dinner a lot. Mm, yeah. Like, oh man, welcome to Cleveland. Let's go to my favorite pizza place and my favorite place to go get pho. And uh, like, we can also go to Melt, which is not as good as it used to be, but it is still very good. It is still pretty tasty. I think Pete Holmes has like a whole bit about that, about like hosting people in your city and like how great it is. Yeah, because you get to do all this stuff that you keep, like, you drive past it all the time, and you're like, I wish I had an excuse to stop. And you do have an excuse to stop, so you can go to the fancy coffee shop that you never quite make time for. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was great. I had a very nice weekend. Um, and then I finished up with watching this episode of O-Ranger, uh, which was sort of a letdown. Dave, what yeah. is our second star of the week? Okay, so man, our second star of the week is something we should have talked about this weeks ago, but like I was traveling a bunch and then like we got back and like had a whole bunch of things to do and I feel actually really crummy that we have not mentioned it before now is that uh, one of our listeners, uh, Talis, Talis, Talis Marvelous, sent us action figures from uh, the most recent season of Super Sentai, Lupin Ranger versus Pot Ranger. Uh, um, yeah, and what is cool and it's just, is that since Lupin Ranger versus uh, Pot Ranger is... It's like two smaller teams of Sentai. Uh, that means there are two Red Rangers. 
Yeah. Uh, and they are both extremely good. Yeah. And so, I, first of all, thanks a lot. That's such a neat... It's such a neat thing. Like, it makes me... How to say? It makes me feel like a real podcaster. Like, when someone's like, hey, I listen to your... Like, I listen to your show and I like it enough that I, like, thought of you and did this really cool thing, like, for you because I like your show so much. Um, yeah. It's deeply gratifying. Yeah, it, it is... It, it checks off one of the squares on Podcaster Bingo. Um, mm. Where, like... Like someone sent you a thing. Yeah, like someone sent you a thing. Um, uh, there was another time that we checked off a box when Joe Hunter made us some fan art. Yeah. Um, I, I think... I, the the best the the final square to like fill out podcaster bingo is Pod F Tompkins not Pod F Tompkins that was the name of his old podcast Paul F Tompkins uh, is a guest on your show I feel like that is the final you have a real podcast thing I feel like man I mean we're a pretty small podcast but Paul F Tompkins is everywhere he really is but that's because he's the best podcast guest. Yeah, no, he's very, very good. Um, anyway, uh, Tellies, thank you so much. Um, that really means a lot. We really appreciate it. Uh, Dave, what is our third star of the week? So our third star of the week, Matt, I'm actually very excited about this because when I got back from my trip, like lodged in the back of my head somewhere, there was something that I had wanted to talk about as a star. And like for the life of me, I could not remember it. And I finally remembered it. So even though I got back a few weeks ago, we're going to talk about it now. So we were driving through Virginia, which, uh, you know, I'm not going to venture an opinion on on this thing, but I think it's safe to say, because we don't talk politics on this show, be, because we don't, because that would be monstrous. Um, but I think it is safe to say, Matt, that Virginia, most of it, is what I would call like real Second Amendment territory. I think that's fair to say, okay. right? Now, and we should so, also say, for the sake of balance, Virginia is also for lovers. That's true. Well, I mean, lovers... <laughs> lovers of the Second Amendment. Of guns. Yeah, lovers of the Second Amendment. Uh, so, <laughs> is there any, like, there's a bunch of... I don't know who had the first, like, a blank is for lovers, but I think, like, a lot of people use that. I, I associated it most with Virginia, but I don't know why, so... I associate it with Virginia, but also with, like, the 70s, which is, I feel like, the last time anybody used the phrase, like, lovers. Well, the 70s were definitely for lovers. So this thing caught my eye because, like, it occupied the center of a Venn diagram that has, like, like it's, like, five or six different bubbles. And this thing sits perfectly in the middle of it. And it's it was a sign for an establishment called Molan Labe Vineyards. Okay. So... Molan Labe, if you're not familiar, uh, in the Battle of Thermopylae, as made famous by uh, Kevin, Frank, Kevin, Frank Miller's, like, super action-oriented. <laughs> uh, the, the, the famous comic book artist and writer, Kevin Miller. Kevin Miller. <laughs> so, anyways, Frank Miller. Um, so, at the Battle of Thermopylae, right, the the Babylonian, I think he's Babylonian, he says to the Spartans, like, lay down your weapons, and they reply, Molan Labe, which roughly translates in English as to come and, get, like, come and take them. Dave, I, I, right? I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you. It was the Persians. Oh, Persians. Thank you. It was you. Xerxes. Yeah. Yeah. So Xerxes says, lay down your weapons. And the Spartans say, Molan Labe, which roughly translates as to come and take them. So here's the thing about that is that Molan Labe has also become a sort of like rallying cry for 
people who are like very passionate about their Second Amendment rights. Okay. You know, like gun control. And they would be like, Mola Nabe, like come and take them. With like the implication, like if you come and take them, like you're going to see the business end first is the idea, you know? Um, which like, okay, Mola Nabe, like that's a pretty hard thing to say. Like, I'm a Mola, you know, uh, the Spartans. But it's a vineyard? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, maybe. Now listen, let's let's take another angle on this. Maybe what this means is they really want people to come buy their wine. Like, really hey, want them to come, come buy their them. wine. Um I have really Matt, I I just like I was so tickled by the idea that you're like, we've got a vineyard, but also love also love my guns. <laughs> like there's a lot there's a deep political statement but also you're making wine and I've really been racking and they my brain really to come loved up with 300 the Zack Snyder really, film that could be it um, so I've been really racking my brain to come up with different wines that they could sell and all I can come up with is there's the the, the not as good one is um, pistol grappa shotgun like a pistol grip shotgun but grappa okay right? That's the less good one. The only one that I'm even sort of happy with is Chardonnay K47. Okay. I, can, I, I see yeah. it. But that's all I've... I really... I've been trying very hard to come up with, like, gun wine puns, and all I've got is Chardonnay K47. But that itself is pretty good. So, uh, yeah, Moulin Labe Vineyards. All right. I just... <laughs> like, like, I saw it, and I just started... I literally laughed out loud because I was so tickled by it um so matt what is our fourth star of the week Dave, fourth star of the week is uh you know how we are an industry podcast for the uh the the film world we, yes we're here to give you yeah, all your yeah. your hot news uh oh yep. rats by the way that speaking the of uh, speaking of hot news i was going to while we were talking about the battle of thermopylae say that what we were offering was hot takes on the hot gates which was a very Ooh. good joke, but I forgot to say it. So just oh, go man. back and Mark, plug that in somewhere. Edit that? Yeah, I was going to say, if Mark could edit that in someplace, that would be excellent. Uh, anyway, so anyways, yeah, there yeah, is um, movie news. Yeah, so our big movie, our big movie news, we have an announcement to make. <laughs> exclusive. Uh, <laughs> exclusive. No, so um, if you pay attention to these things at all, you probably already know this, but Marvel is is buying Fox. Like, it had been in talks, but like, well, oh, maybe Dave, some other people were going to... Disney is buying Fox. Or, yeah, sorry, Disney. <laughs> Disney Marvel is not. Uh, Disney is buying Fox, which, like, had been in some talks, and I think it had come down to basically, like, Disney or Comcast, and Comcast sort of dropped out of the bidding as of yesterday when, when we were recording this, or Friday, I think, I forget. Um, but now, so Disney basically, like, it's more or less a sealed deal, is going to buy Fox, do I care about that? And a lot of vectors know there's two things I do care about. One, now Disney just owns everything. Yes. So, you know, we're one step closer to Cyberpunk 2020, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, two years away. value of fun. Yeah. So, actually, I don't think I mentioned this to you. I went back and read the Cyberpunk 2020 book. Mm -hmm. I don't, do you remember how bad it is? The rules? The rules. Yeah, the, the rules are almost unplayable. The world They're of the game very, is amazing. but The world is great. The game is virtually unplayable. It's so bad. But anyway, so the first is that we're closer to cyberpunk, like mega corporations running everything. So that's fun. But the second is that now all of those Fox Marvel properties are back in the fold. It's all MCU eligible. The whole thing. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's rights to anybody that they don't own yet. 
or anymore or willowed. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like it's all back now, which is very like it's kind of weird though, right? Because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has had to sort of do a couple of creative backflips to work around the fact that they didn't have some key like characters available to them, and now those right. characters well, are available to them. Yeah, well, they didn't have the X-Men, and that's not actually a huge deal, because the X-Men, like, the X-Men are so sprawling that they're kind of a franchise unto themselves, yeah, and, like, they... they do cross over with other properties, but, like, they mostly just cross over with themselves, so, like, that's less of a big deal, but they didn't have the Fantastic Four, which, like, they're Marvel's first family, like, they're the Fantastic Four, like, so much stuff in Marvel is built around, like, the existence and adventures of the Fantastic Four that, as you said, like there's got to be like some weird creative backflips to to figure out how to do stuff without them there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and of course, now that they're there, you know what we're going to get? We're going to get a terrible movie about Doctor Doom. <laughs> no, no, no. We're probably going to get a great movie about Doctor Doom because they've all been great. Okay, so here, here is my, uh, here's what I think they should actually do. Um, okay. Now that they have uh, done a very bad job of making Doctor Doom movies twice, uh, mm. They sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. they should not. I mean, Doctor Doom should show up eventually. Uh, but yeah, here that's... here's my pitch: do Mole Man. Like Mole Ooh. Man is what you actually want because all of the best yes. Marvel movies. Like okay, the thing that is good about one of the things that is good about the Marvel movies is that when they are at their best, they manage to be like Winter Soldier is a great spy thriller first and is a superhero movie second, right? And Ant-Man is like a fun heist movie that is also a superhero movie, right? So they shouldn't do just like a straight superhero thing with Fantastic Four. It should be like a crazy adventure kaiju movie that is also a superhero movie. Dude, that would be that would be pretty fantastic. Oh, dude, speaking... It would be fantastic. Speaking of giant hey, kaiju, oh, Dave, did you see the trailer for the new Godzilla King of Monsters movie that's coming out? Uh, I haven't. I did see the Shazam trailer. Dude, which looks for real very it good. It looks very, very good. Uh, there's also an Aquaman trailer out, but I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. San, uh, San Diego Comic-Con is happening right now, which is why all of this stuff is being announced. Um, oh, we should have... Man, should have pretended that we're coming live from the show floor. Uh, it is mm, way too late for that. That would have been believable for zero seconds. No, we, we could have put some, some Foley sounds in the back. It would have been super believable, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe you. Um, yeah, so, it's, man, that's really exciting. I'm just, I am. I'm stoked to see all these things kind of come back into the fold. Um, I do hope that they don't do a Fantastic Four origin, because, like, Guys, there's been like three movies now. Like everybody kind of knows, like cosmic something. There's four of them and powers and bleh, you know, um, just do it. You can just launch in. Everybody gets it. We're good. Um, what is our fifth star of the week? Well, Dave, remember earlier when I was talking about uh, the creeping realization of my own mortality? Oh yeah. Well, I mentioned it, but yeah. Um. So uh, okay, yeah, you're right. Credit where credits due. Um. So I was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich the other day, Dave. Uh, and it had raspberry jam on it. And you know how raspberry jam has the seeds in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got what I thought was a chunk of a raspberry seed stuck between my two back molars. Um, oh, uh, if if you are very upset by teeth stuff, then skip forward oh, a few yeah. minutes. That's apparently a thing for some people. But yeah. um, Anyway, as it turns out, it was not a piece of raspberry seed stuck in between my teeth. I mean, it might also have been that. What actually happened is that one of my back molars had just cracked... 
And part of that tooth that had cracked off was wedged between its origin tooth and the Ooh. and the it, that tooth's neighbor. So for like a day Ooh, and a half, I don't have I don't have weird teeth anxiety stuff, but that's a little. Oh yeah, man, ugh. it wasn't great. Um, it did not crack so deep, like it hit the nerve or whatever. Um, but it did crack deep enough that I made an immediate call to a dentist, which is the first time I have. I think the first time I have gone to the dentist as an adult with my own dental insurance. Oh, okay. Um, which might explain why when I got to the dentist, they were like, oh, yes. I mean, you do a good job brushing your teeth. You definitely have five cavities. <laughs> oh, whoa, buddy. Yeah. Only one of them is very bad, though. A lot of it's very surface stuff. It shouldn't be too bad. And like I said, now I actually have dental insurance. But there was this no, that's, moment that's great. of walking in. Because, like, listen. One of the reasons I hadn't gone to the dentist in a long time, it's not because I'm scared of the dentist, it's that I went to the dentist all the time as a kid, and I never had any cavities, and then I, yeah. and then I didn't, oh, I've never had a filling, by the way, uh, and I mean, I, that's the, there, the countdown clock on that is about to end, but, um, so the last time I went to a dentist, uh, quite some years ago, I hadn't been in a while then either and they said oh yeah i mean you haven't been here for years but your teeth are still totally fine no that's exactly what happened to me i went to the dentist for the first time and i no joke i think a decade mm-hmm. like a year and a half ago and they're like yeah you're you're totally fine yeah like everything's cool they're like you should floss more and i'm like every, i i literally i actually do floss every day and i'm like that's how i know that you're lying about the flossing thing because i floss every day <laughs> i think you just say that you say that to everybody i mean it's fair they should assume that people aren't flossing because no one flosses because flossing is terrible um yeah right i mean like on the balance they're right i just know that they're not actually paying attention to me when they say it uh no my teeth were fine i think i think i got all of my like weird teeth karma out of the way Early? That's probably true, yeah. Well, you had a lot of mouth Oh, yeah, dude. I had, like, stuff. my wisdom teeth out. I had, like, jaw surgery. Like, my jaw was wired shut in high school and stuff to correct some stuff. Like, I've done my mouth stuff, guys. It's... Yeah, yeah. You, I paid my dues. You, yeah. You you made your bones. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, that is uh, that is just an exciting new feature of my life is that now, uh, I, apparently, I'm a dentist guy again because uh, I have to be. <laughs> Mmm, fun. I and you know what? I blame the last dentist for this because the last dentist put these like sealant things on some of my teeth, and I thought, oh, okay, that means those teeth are fine, and all the teeth that got sealants are now all of the teeth that have cavities. So, oh, thanks a lot, hmm. sealant guy. Is it those specific teeth? Yeah, it because is. you may wanna, if it's those teeth and only those teeth, like. Sounds like you may have a lawsuit on your hands. No, 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 no. Apparently what happens is if you get the sealants put on your teeth and then you don't go to the dentist ever, like the sealants break down unevenly and need to be like fixed and reapplied. And so if you just never go back to the dentist, you end up with sort of like a Swiss cheese version of those sealants on your teeth that that like actually work against you to trap bacteria between the sealant and the tooth. Oh, well, that's horrifying. Yeah, so I like to think that if I hadn't gone to the dentist eight years ago that one time, then I still wouldn't have any cavities, but that is all horrible water under the potentially very painful bridge, Dave. That is the end of our five stars. We are going to take a break, uh, and when we come back, we are going to discuss episode 32 of Choroki Sentai O-Ranger, The School's Scary Nightmare. Man, why'd the show have to do this to me? 
Dude. We were all having a good time, Dave. Yeah, everybody was cool, except except this monster. Yes. Uh, anyway, let's let us get into this thing. Um, well, actually, this is... Okay, there's one thing I can say for this episode. There's one thing I can say for this episode, which is... Hmm. Matt, is it a spoiler if I say that it'll be nice to actually have somebody who gives General Cactus a run for his money? Uh, no. No, I think that is a that is a good way to preface this conversation, Dave. Okay, yeah. So this is that's the one good thing about this. This dude gives General Cactus a run for his money, so we'll actually have a little bit of debate about the very bottom of the creature royale. Yeah. Um, okay, so this episode starts off with basketball. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of a uh, little bit of basketball. Yeah, Momo. No dunks, sadly. So, so Momo goes to an abandoned school. It seems. Yeah, so that's weird. Um, and there is a. I don't. Is it a basketball or a soccer ball? Well, there's a basketball hoop, and then a basketball goes through it, and then there's a soccer ball. Momo kicks this soccer ball. It goes up and like flies into a second or third story window. And it's like a fourth story window. It is an, and it is she an just astonishing like, kick. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, and then, and it like bounces into this room and it gets the attention of this girl who comes to the window and she's like, Momo! And Momo's like, Mayumi! And then Momo picks up a basketball and just real cash, like behind her back, just nothing but nets a basketball, like without looking at yeah. it. So, <laughs> I, dang, Momo. Yes, Momo's got hoops. That's so uh, she goes up. Momo goes up to find this girl, Mayumi, who is like a schoolgirl. Yeah. She's you know like 11 or 12 or something. Uh, they will later say that she is year four. I do not know what age that translates to typically. But uh, if you do know what age that translates to typically, then you know how old this kid is. Hey, um, she's clearly not like she's not like an, uh, uh, an older teenager. I would guess she's somewhere between the ages of like. 11 and 14. Yeah, that's like somewhere right. in that realm. So um so she goes up and Momo's like, "Hey, let's get home. Like you've been studying so hard." And the girl's like, "Yeah, like I've been my teacher says like my marks aren't super good." And then there's this voice. Yeah, she says, "I need to check with the teacher before we leave." Yeah. And then there's this voice, like a disembodied voice. You don't know where it's coming from. And it just says, "Mayumi, like you cannot leave. You must stay here." And Mayumi like flinches a little bit and Momo is just like what is happening yeah Momo has the reaction of someone who has never heard this before and Mayumi has the reaction of someone who has heard this many times and hates it yeah so we get like a quick like camera angle like scurrying along the ground which I, that's a, the best way to say it and then uh, and then everything goes dark and Momo now is flipping out. And Mayumi, again, is having the same sort of reaction. Like, she's sort of used to this happening, but she does hate it. And they're sort of running through the, the building, like, trying to figure out how to get out. And then they break into, like, a science lab, like an anatomy lab. And there's a person in there, and you can't see... Like, they're completely covered in, like, a robe thing. Like, the only portion of this you can see is, like, a little slit for, like, their eyes. Like, that's it. They're, other than that... They're completely covered. Yeah. Now this, uh, I know that this sort of like robe getup has a particular name and I cannot remember what it is for the life of me. Like I've seen it in other anime stuff in the past. Um, oh, okay. 
Um, but it, it might be a modified version of whatever it is. Whatever it is, like it is a spooky robe, spooky looking robe thing that covers him entirely, except for that eyeball thing. Got it. Okay, yeah, thank you for saying that because it did look kind of familiar, and I couldn't figure out what it was. Um, okay, so he's covered up, and he's got a cleaver, and he is. Like, he's taking apart an anatomy dummy with the cleaver. Yeah, which does not seem like it should be that spooky, but it totally is. Well, it's spooky because it's very obviously meant to be... Like, if this were not a kid's show, there would just be an actual body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the intent behind it is clear, and so the creepiness, I think, like, transfers, you know? Um, And then he, like... He's like, it's time for your anatomy lesson. And then he like hurls the cleaver and it like wangs through the door. And uh and and like they freak out. And Momo's like, what is going on? Like, who is that? And Mayumi, she doesn't say I don't know who it is. She says, I can't say who it is. Yeah, like you can tell she is struggling and she wants to say the name of this monster, but like something is preventing her. And yeah. as this creature is getting closer and closer to them, eventually Momo like wakes up in her bed. This has all been a terrible dream. Except yeah, terrible for dream. the beginning part where Momo worked into her own dream that she is amazing at basketball. I did, I did think about <laughs> Which that. Which I love. Uh, so she wakes up from this nightmare and in her room, her entire back wall is a poster for a Luc Besson movie mm-hmm. uh, called Le Grand Blue. Which I was just like, what is going on with this poster? And I looked up Le Grand Bleu, and it is a it is the name of a cruise ship. But there mm-hmm. was also a Luc Besson movie about this cruise ship. Okay, and it would have come out at the right time, like since O Ranger is nineteen ninety nine. And I was like, it just seemed like I was <laughs> it was just so weird to have like this is a large poster. This poster is probably like ten feet tall or however tall the wall is, like eight feet tall, something like that. It's a very, very large poster. Well I guess this is we we have finally learned some things about our characters, Dave. We now know that Momo is a big Luke Besson fan. Yeah, I guess. Um and she wishes that she was a basketball star. Yeah, so she she wakes up and we also find out that Momo sleeps in her uniform, which yes. is a little bit funky. Because she just pops out of bed and she's like already dressed. I don't think she's wearing her boots, but she might be. So the next thing Always we see be prepared, is, Dave. yeah, and so she is at base and she is talking to everybody else. Primarily, she's like this dialogue is mostly happening with the chief, and she says, "Listen, like this is not one hundred percent a dream because Mayumi is a real person that I know, right? And I've or been that dream- I did know, and I've been dreaming about her every night. And basically, what she is doing is she is asking for like official leave." to like go back to her old hometown um not the not the hometown that we saw that was like a neighborhood in Tokyo earlier in the series this was her old hometown before she transferred schools yeah because she does say like i left the school but so she, what she says is uh this girl is not alive. Yeah, because like, she kinda, this girl died when we were in school. She drops this halfway through the conversation, and I think she sort of expected people to know because they're talking, and someone says like, "Oh, well, what is this girl up to now?" Like, you know, in the dream, she looks like she did in high school, but now she would be your age. So, like, what is her job? Where does she live? <laughs> and who just says like, "Oh, no, 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 she's she dead. Yeah, she's been dead she, for like eleven years." But, like, I do want to know what's... Like, it's very weird. Like, I just... I need to go check this out. And the guys say... I think it's Goro. 
says, Momo, this is just a dream. Like, don't worry about it. As though they Which, have like, not had, like, exactly. a machine beasts invade their dreams before. Like, guys, come on. Like, you are... Like, this is your literally your whole deal. It's the one It's the one thing that I think the Kaku Rangers, like, were really good, like, really knocked it out of the park. Like, as soon as something even vaguely weird happened, the Kaku Rangers were like, oh, this is, this is clearly a yokai. Like, something, I don't know what it is, but something clearly very weird is happening here. Yeah. Everybody be on the lookout for yokai shenanigans. The O-Rangers, perhaps not so much. Yeah. Um, and... Eventually, Momo says, and the weird thing is that not only did uh, Mayumi disappear, but every year since then, around the same time of year, one or two, like, young girls disappear from that school. Like, it happens every year. It's still ongoing. Um, I want to go check it out. And at this point, Chief is like, okay, like, if that is the case and people are still in danger, then yes, go, go run down your hunch. Yes. I just also who remind me to say something to send about their the... children to that school. Yeah, first of all, well, it's you know it's just like the school. It was Matt. Um, do remind me to say something about the eleven-year mark here. Okay. Um, when we get a little bit later in the episode, there's a lot of things that I want to say about this eleven years. Anyways, Chief says yes. Go check it out. Thank goodness. So Momo, she goes back to like her old hometown, and the next scene we see is that she is talking to Mayumi's mother. And she's like, listen, I, you know, like, I know this is really weird. I know it's been a really long time, but like, can we kind of talk about like what's going on? I don't think Momo has mentioned these dreams, but the mom says, listen, we are convinced like that Mo, that Mayumi is not dead. Like I'm her mother. I would know somehow we really think she's still alive. Like we kept her room the way it had been. But, like, something obviously is is very wrong. Yeah. And, like, she is, you know, it is it is a wound that is never healed for her, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Momo says, listen, I know this is very difficult for you, but don't worry. I am going to go, like, finally get to the bottom of this thing. Yeah, I'm going to figure out what's going on. There is a great little, oh, there is, like, a very brief interlude where, like, Momo looks over at a picture. And it's actually of her and Mayumi as kids. And there's a flashback. And they're riding on their bikes. And Momo says... Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And Mayumi says, I don't know. And then Momo says, I want to be a nurse, which is like, it was a weird, (laughs) it's like a weird thing to put in because it's like Momo is definitely not a nurse. Right. They had a great opportunity to have her say like, I want to be a pilot or something. Yeah. Or like literally anything related to what Momo has ended up doing. But she's like, I want to be like, listen, I'm not. Like, I love nurses. Mom is a nurse. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But, like, it was just a very weird moment. So we go back to the beginning, or go back to the the house, and there's a really great moment where, like, in the background, you see, like, there's, a there's like, a sliding door window, like a sliding, yeah. And there's a fence beyond that, and you see a shadow, you, you see just a shadow like, come into view on the fence. And it's very quick, but it's a great, mo- it's a really good moment because obviously it's the monster. Mm-hmm. Like, listening outside this door. Uh, but, you know, like, he doesn't, like, poke his head around. You just see the shadow. It was, it was really cool. 
And then the literally like the very next moment, you do see the monster because like we shift over to a different point of view. Yeah, we have moved so, to the school now because uh, yeah. Momo, like that's where the dreams take place, and so that is where she's going to go to try to find this. So she rolls yeah. into the school, and she's in like the, the basically the same like outdoor yard where the episode began in her dream, and this creature jumps out and like knocks her into the soccer goal. So she is, like, kind of trapped and can't get past him. Uh, they have a brief scuffle, and he pulls out, like, a like a zapper thing and zaps it's her like with some an, sort of It's purple, like an electrode. Like, I, you know, to me, it kind of looked like a joy buzzer. Well, but it, like, sticks to her head. Is, like, he slammed, he puts this, like, patch on oh, the does side he? of Okay, head. well, yeah. it, so he, he zaps her, and she goes down, and he's about to, like, grab her, but... The other O-Rangers have arrived now, which is strange, because she didn't call them, and they're far away from Tokyo, and she got, like, special leave to go away. So, like, listen, it's great that they're there, uh, but the episode makes no attempt to explain how they found her. Yeah, that is a little bit, that's a little bit funky. Um, But, you know, whatever. So... Yeah, so the monster, he just, like, he doesn't stick around to fight the rangers. He just, like, puts this thing on Momo and rabbits. And then the next scene we see is they have brought her back to base. She's, like, under observation. But she's asleep. Like, they can't wake her up. Yeah. And, and the got, chief says... They've got some, oh, yeah, like, go wires hooked up to her head. And the chief says, like, she's asleep. And that's, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I can tell from her brain waves there's, like, unusual brain activity. I think she's in some sort of agitated dream state. Yeah, like she is having a terrifying. She's having a real troggle humper. Is uh, is what she has had. Sorry, there. Say again. Troggle hump. Troggle humper. I mean, I, okay. I, I guess like that I dream? guess that I did understand the syllables that you said from the BFG. Nothing. Did you never read the BFG? I mean, it, I haven't in twenty years. Uh, I, that is not a phrase that is in my active vocabulary. Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't come up a whole, whole lot, but, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know how the BFG, like, blows dreams, right? hmm So, a really, really good dream is a golden fizz wizard, and a really, really bad dream is a troggle humper. All right. So, that's... Anyways. And now you wizard, know the rest, the rest of the story. story. <laughs> so, they said, like, well, here's the deal. We know that she's having this dream. We don't know how to wake her up. Like, that's the problem. So we go from there um, into said dream, okay? Yes. So uh, it's Momo. She's back at the school, but now she can't find Mayumi. Like, she's hunting around in this school, trying to find Mayumi. You go to the science. She goes back to the science lab, and the dude is there. And here's where we get our first... He just... he, He plays. He shows his hand about how awful he is, like, very, very early. And he says... This is all your fault, which, first of all, victim blaming. He says, this is all your fault. Like, if you had not interfered, like, everything would be fine. I mean, for him, it would be fine. Yeah, so he said... Like, it would not have been fine for anyone else involved. Yeah, for, like, literally anybody else. It just would have been fine for him. Because he could have continued his reign of terror. So what he says, he says, I kidnapped Mayumi... Because I just love cute little girls. And so this goes to like level 10 creepy very, very quickly. Yeah. And he pulls out and he has got like a framed 
saying it's a collage is not yeah, this is like, this dude went to Olin Mills Photography Studios <laughs> and got, like, the the family package. It's, like, framed with, like, a cutout mat inside and, like, seven pictures of seven different little girls. Yes, who have all been... Okay, first of all, the, the number of girls does not line up with the number of years that... Because Mayumi's been missing for 11 years... Mm-hmm. And Momo said that every year one or two girls disappears. Yeah. So there should be at least eleven or twelve other girls. You know, I did not do that math in my head, but yeah, you're totally right because there's like seven. Um, hey, hey, listen, I'm glad that fewer little girls were abducted by this horrible creature. Yeah. So that's so like. I'm first just, of all, I'm this just is... pointing out the math flaws, folks. Oh my gosh. So, like, at this point, I just want to say, like, at this point, I am watching this episode for, like, for posterity. Because, like, I know we have to do this podcast. Like, I'm suffering through the rest of this episode. Yeah, see, okay. Because this dude Here, is here's the problem, so though. deeply uncomfortable. Like, up until that point, it's a well-made episode, right? Like, It continues to be a well-made episode like, in terms of, like... The cinematography yeah. and like all the wacky stuff that ha- like that all is good. And they do a good job of making it feel like a horror movie. And like they do this, I don't know, they'll do it like once or twice a season. Remember in uh Cocker Ranger the episode with the spider guy? Oh man, that guy that was really, and, like, really it good. It was great because it really had this sort of like spooky horror, like slasher movie vibe. And this also has kind of like a Freddy Krueger style thing. Like he's attacking in dreams, he you know, like he's, it, it's very cool, except for the fact that this guy, who is about to be revealed as a character named Baron Nightmare, um, is just the garbage worst. Yeah, he's appalling. Um, So, and I also, I remember this from before, uh, Momo fights like the creepiest monsters, because she also fought the weird... Remember, like, the weird time-shifty yeah. monster last time? Yeah. Like, all of Momo's, like, one-on-one monsters are real weird. Momo fights the weird monsters. Momo's also, like, the only character that we've ever gotten this sort of, like, childhood background stuff for. At this point... That's a good point, yeah. Momo is kind of the character that we know best, which genuinely... Like, I do kind of like that she is the person who gets the most showcase stuff, but it is surprising because she did not, in the early part of the season feel like the person who is going to get that much of a spotlight. Yeah, no, she definitely did not. Um, so anyway, so we hear Mayumi call for help from there. Um, and so that is like, that's kind of how Momo gets involved. Like basically, Mayumi is trapped in this dream world. But for whatever reason, maybe because like she's been there the longest, she has figured out how to like transmit like calls like dream calls for help like to momo yes now i don't know i think maybe just because like momo was her best friend or whatever like she can't possibly know that momo is an o-ranger now i don't know i mean because she appears as an o-ranger in the dreams and then also baron nightmare immediately recognizes her as an o-ranger Oh, good point. Yeah, so maybe she manages, like, there's some sort of, like, in-the-dream connection. Like, she learns this stuff about Momo. Okay, so um, Momo and Bara Nightmare have, like, a brief scuffle where she pulls the robe off of him. And then we see what he looks like underneath that robe. And it's... 
He's got a huge brain head. Like, his head is a huge brain. Yeah. He's and got then the rest like of him is visor. just sort of like a... He's got, like, Cyclops' visor. He's got, like, a full metal faceplate and, like, a Cyclops visor. And then, like, a weird, like, harness that he's wearing. But then the rest of him is, like, just kind of like a bodysuit. There's not really much going on for Baron Nightmare visually, aside from his his giant brain. Uh, he's vaguely reminiscent of the aliens from uh, Mars Attacks, if you ever saw that movie from, like, 20 years ago. Yeah, except he doesn't have, like, the, the crazy face. Yeah. Um... I heard there's going to be a new Mars Attacks comic. Like that is a really? that is a a a, uh, a property that like gets revived every now and then, which I think is very fun. Um, That's kind of it's a little weird to me, but I don't know. A lot of people really like it. Um, anyway, um, so she manages to get the robe off of him. He starts talking about how like, oh, you're an O Ranger. You fight Bacchus Wrath. I also defied Bacchus Wrath years ago and was exiled to avoid execution. Which, first of all, let me just say, that makes me like Bacchus Wrath a whole lot more. Yeah, I really do like that, because, like, this guy is, like, a total, like, creep. He's a like, creep. everybody recognizes right. that. Like, like even <laughs> Bacchus Wrath, who is actively trying to exterminate all of humanity. Yeah, he's like, I'll kill them like, all, but I don't want to be a, like... But I don't want to be weird about yeah. it. Like, you're just, you're just creepy about a bear, bear a nightmare. Um, so, okay, so let me talk about this fa- this thing. This dude has been on Earth for 11 years. Yes. Paranoia, o- like, t- paranoia only showed up earlier this year. Unless they've just been chilling on the moon for a decade. No, because, you know, we would have, they would have, uh, like, the O-Ranger program people would have noticed them up there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, they, there's so, a big like, invasion the first episode. So what must have happened is that Baron Nightmare defied Bacchus Wrath, like, back when they were in a different galaxy. And when he fled, he fled to Earth. And it's total coincidence that now he is here and Bacchus Wrath is here. Like, he got... No, here's my... I got a different theory, actually. Because, like, Bacchus Wrath is totally fixated on Earth, right? As far as we know, there are no alien... Oh, no, no, wait. Have they talked about there being alien races? Okay. Has Bacchus Wrath said, like, we've conquered everywhere but Earth? Okay. Is that right? Here's the problem. I don't remember because in Power Rangers Zeo, the Machine Empire had conquered everywhere else all over the galaxy, I think. And so, like, I, I keep conflating the machine empire with the paranoia empire because oh, it's okay. you know yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, no, they you know it's the same footage um right. so i can't remember if in a sentai but i think that is the case well in either either way like bacchus wrath is totally fixated on earth so i would and since he is like the first you know uh he's like the first baranoian or what like he built everybody else Maybe like everybody else is like also fixated on Earth. So Bacchus or Bara Nightmare, when he is exiled, he's like, "Where am I going to go?" Like I don't know Earth. That's like everybody. You, you just go to Earth. So maybe that's why he's here. But anyways, I do really like the fact that this dude was too much of a creeper for Bacchus Wrath. I dig that quite a bit. Um, so we we dip from there. We go back to headquarters, and the team is saying like Momo is still there physically, right? Because she's, this is all happening in a dreamscape. Yeah, and whenever and, the rest and whenever Baron Nightmare is like attacking Momo in the dream, her body is like flying around the room. 
Oh yeah, like she launches, which actually makes sense because she they do have super strength or something, right? And so like maybe when she's like spasming, it's like really launching her. Anyways, um, so the rest of the team says, listen, if we could get into the dream, maybe we could help. Like, is there a way to do that? And the chief says, like, yeah, let's try it. Like, maybe we can get that to work. Here's what we'll do. And he does, like, it's, you know, it's super Sentai science. Like, they don't explain. Just the team is lying down. They have electrodes on their brain. And the chief's like, I'm going to sync up your brain waves now. And then that will put you in the dream. And the good news is it totally does. Yeah, it totally works. So we go from there back to uh, Momo. Now, before we get further into this, I want to apologize because I know this might be difficult to follow because, like, the show is working on dream logic here. So we're going to try to explain things, but if you are wondering, like, wait, she's in the room with the elevator. Why is she there now? I thought she already left. Like, yeah, I also wondered about that, but the show is weird. It's worth how to say, I wouldn't watch this episode, but if you want to watch the episode, like, if you really want to see how it, you kind of do have to watch the episode. Because like Matt said, there's a bunch of like, you know, you run through the same hallway three times and it's hard to explain. So uh, Momo is in an elevator going down. Yeah, sort of like indiscriminately down. And it's not an elevator like you would have in an office building. It's an old... It's like a cargo. It's like an old cargo elevator. Yeah. With like a cage on all the outside of it. Yeah. So she goes down and she it opens up into like this big empty room. And then... There's some stairs she, in the room. There's a... Yeah. And there's nothing else, I don't think. And Momo kind of... She calls this dude out. She's like, I don't know what's up with you. You're clearly a monster. Why are you picking on little girls? It's super creepy. And, and then the stairs catch on fire. Mm-hmm. And then Miyumi's... Like, actually, it's probably more accurate to say these stairs burst into flame. Yes. Like, all at once, the stairs are all on fire. Yeah. And then uh, Miyumi's backpack, like, bounces down those stairs and lands at Momo's feet. Yeah. She picks it up and she's like, oh my gosh, Mayumi, like, I hope you're okay. And then Momo gets, like, TK slammed back into the elevator. Telekinesis, Kyle. Yeah, and it kind of, like, goes back up. The rangers then arrive, and they just sort of, like, phase into existence in the dream, and they are already, you know, they're already uh, henshined. Yes. Which I dig. And they're running around, like, they're looking for Momo. They try to go up these stairs, and they are attacked by, like, flaming energy soccer balls. Yeah. and a little bit funky, but whatever. And I'm sure that what happened, because, okay... The effect of this is that they are running up a staircase, and I think that in the shooting of this scene, someone at the top of the staircase just dumps out a big bucket full of, like, 30 soccer balls, and they start bouncing down the stairs. And then, in editing, someone has, like, added, like, flame animations around these soccer balls. Um, It's kind of great and also kind of hilarious to just watch the O-Rangers run away from bouncing balls. Yeah, well, it takes a second to notice. At first, they do just look like energy balls. And then you see that, like, underneath that, they are just, they are soccer balls. That's pretty hilarious. So they run into the class, uh, away from those, into a classroom. And it's the same classroom where... Uh, Momo and Baron Nightmare have been squaring off before, and they see over by, like, the teacher's um, podium? Pedestal? What is that, Dave? 
a lectern? Is that the word you're looking for? I might be looking for lectern. Uh, anyway, over by that, they see that, like, if you push it to one side, there is, like, a secret staircase. And we can see, like, we're looking at it from a different angle, but it looks like the same staircase that was in the room earlier that had burst into flame. It is, it is in fact. Yeah. It is, in fact, the, the same staircase. Which, like, that's just some bizarre dream logic. Like, why would that be? Like, I've been in a lot of classrooms, Matt, you know, You're, in a professional capacity. Sure. Never once has there been a secret staircase hidden under a lectern. Like, ever. Well, okay, that you know of, but there's secret staircases, Dave. Well, it's a secret until you walk behind the lectern. That's true. Because other than that, it's just right there. Anyways, so they, so like they go down and then there's these like, there's six platforms hang gurneys i guess like stretchers they're stretchers hanging from chains oh dave and they're covered in yeah uh you are jumping ahead a little bit um oh sorry did i what did i miss well because first we cut away from them over to momo and she is in a room with one of those stretchers hanging from chains with the red sheet on it oh i missed that okay yeah so she's in this room and she walks over, and it looks like there is a person on this platform that is being held up by chains and sort of spinning, covered by the sheet. She thinks it is potentially Mayumi, so she walks over and she pulls the sheet back, only to discover that it is a, like, decrepit skeleton. Oh, that's right! Okay. And she, like, flips out on, on Mayumi, because she's like, oh my goodness, Mayumi is already dead. Yeah, well, um, Oh, okay, now yeah, I understand. So, I misunderstood my notes, actually. Yeah, so Baron so, Nightmare says, like, that is, those are the bones of Mayumi. She is long dead. Like, you're way too late. And as yeah. Momo sort of stumbles away from this, she is stepping on other skeletons, and Baron Nightmare is saying, actually, they're all dead. You have failed, and you need to leave. Yeah, now she doesn't. Because what she does is she, like, she stumbles into another room. And in this room, this is the worst scene in this entire episode. Potentially this entire show. Potentially literally every season of this show that we've ever watched. Well, we will get back to that uh, in the Creature Royale because there has been a bad one before. So she walks into this room and it's like a dark, misty room. If you watch Sentai, you know the kind of room that I'm talking about. And there is a basketball hoop, and there are six girls who are, like, in their gym uniforms, which if you, Japanese gym uniforms are, like, a t-shirt, and then sort of, like, like a Speedo, basically, like a Speedo bottom, um, like, action underwear. They're skimpy, is the point. Um, and then they're, like, lining up to take free throw basketball shots. And then Bara Nightmare walks back, he walks in, and he's got all his robes back on, and he's carrying Mayumi, and he puts her down, and she joins the queue of, like, young girls shooting free throws. And Momo walks in, and then Bara Nightmare says these words. How dare you spy on my secret dream? And that's really what caps it for me, Matt. Yep. It's extraordinarily bad. It's it's almost literally the worst thing he could have said. I, I, I cannot, off the top of my head, think of a worse thing. Well, me neither. I just like to leave the, you know, like, I hate to speak in absolute. Sure, sure. Um, 
And then my notes just say, it has that quote, and then my notes underneath that just say, this dude may end up being worse than Barracactus. Uh, yeah. Well, not, not Barracactus, even... General Cactus. General Cactus, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it would be just, very my, well, my notes do say Barracactus, but yeah. <laughs> um, I can't even engage with the level of creep that is going on here. Okay, so the... the like, I don't know. I can't get any traction on that. The best way to deal with this, Dave, of it's course... It's so bad. ...is to hit it with a, with your super sword. Um, the So the other... Thankfully, Goro arrives. Yeah, Goro and the other three um, all arrive. They say, like, hey, Momo, we found you. You take these girls and get out of here. We've already henchin', so we will fight. Uh, he summons Star Riser... And he attacks Baron Nightmare, which, like, breaks them all out of the nightmare, right? Like, now they all wake up back in the headquarters. So, yeah, they wake up back at headquarters, and uh, Momo is cool. Like, everything's great. And so we do sort of like a... It's like a smash cut, but just to indicate that, like, some time has passed, and Momo is, like, a little bit more with it after having woken up from her crazy nightmare. And they're talking. They're like, what's going on? Like, how are we going to deal with this? Blah, blah, blah. And then... Goro suddenly says, like, the girls, they must be in the basement, which, like, I have no idea. It was just weird because, like, at no point did they say anything that would indicate, like, why he suddenly reached that conclusion. Well, I mean, okay, to to give Goro some credit here and to give the show a little credit... I mean, Goro gets a lot of credit. Yeah. He just sort of like magically intuited the answer and he was totally right. Okay, to give the writers some credit, in the course of this nightmare, every time they like encounter Baron Nightmare or find the girls, they're always like going down into the school. There's the elevator, there's the secret staircase, there's all this stuff. And so I guess Goro is interpreting that as like, okay, that's how it appears in the dream and it, that must be... Like, a, like there must be something. Yeah, like that must there. be mirroring sort of how it is in real life. So they go back to the school. They go back to the same classroom. They move the same lectern. And there is a real secret staircase in this building. See, man, it's not impossible. I was so deeply bothered by that. Like when it was there in the dream world, I was like, oh, okay. Like it's a weird dream world. That makes sense. What they're saying is that this actual school building has an actual secret staircase into the basement from this room under a lectern, which is madness. Anyways, they go down into the, like they go down into the room and all the girls are there. Well, except yeah. Mayumi. Well, Mayu- yeah, Mayumi's not there. She's in the next room because she, I think Baron Nightmare says something about Mayumi is my special girl. So that might actually be the worst. That's, if it's not the worst, it's the second worst. Yeah. It's between that and how dare you spy on my secret dream. Uh, oh, and when they find these girls, they are on those oh, yeah. sort of like hanging chain platforms. Yeah, they are. Also, they haven't aged. Yeah. At all. They are all, he has magically stuck them all in their like original ages from when they were abducted. Yeah. So they burst into the next room, and he is there, and he's got... He doesn't have Mayumi with him, I don't think. She's there, but he's not, like... What he is, is he is holding his photo collage. And he says, Mayumi is mine. I won't give her up. And he is fighting them while holding this photo collage. Yeah. So he, like, is... 
does some sort of energy attack, and when that has completed, they are back into a different nightmare realm. But now it is not like a sleeping nightmare thing. This is just like a nightmare dimension yeah, that he has like brought them to. Yeah, it's like a hallucination thing. Like Goro says, like, no, like, fight through it. It's just a hallucination. There's some, like, weird stuff. It's actually there's not like a hallucination. That attacks them. Yeah, because there's a huge energy skeleton that, like, shoots them with eye lasers, which is actually kind of great. Yeah, um, that's maybe my favorite moment in this episode. And so, but they like do, they do their, um, they do like some energy attacks or they do their like attacks where they all like spin like on their medial axis and like turn into a ball of energy and then just like smash into him. Um, yeah. And what I like is that's the end of Baron Nightmare because yeah, that's it. Like Acha and Kocha are not going to grow this guy because he's like living in exile from the Baranoia empire. Yeah. So that's game for this guy. Um, now what is weird is that when he drops the photo collage, when he dies, it smashes onto the stairs, which is very, like, they're not anywhere near those stairs, but whatever. So then they're outside. The Rangers are, that is. And the girls all walk out as though they're like in a beauty pageant. Like they're announcing their name and also their, their year. And their class. Yeah. And their class in that year, like year four, class five, blah, 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 blah. And they come out like one by one. It's just a They're very like, weird. Well, yeah, like because it's nighttime. The O-Rangers are out in the courtyard. The girls are walking. They're like backlit by their light coming out of the door from the school. And there's like a mist everywhere. Yeah. So they all walk out. Mayumi is the last one out. She sees Momo. Mayumi does not question at all why Momo is an adult and she isn't. Well, I mean, Mayumi has been experiencing this thing for 11 years. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. And so, like, we, yeah. So then there's, like, a sort of a weirdly long, like, oh, it's cutting so back and long. forth. They're, it's a solid, like, they cut back and forth between Mayumi and Momo, like, at least three times. They're running towards each other in slow motion with their arms out, like they're going to embrace when they meet in the middle. And they do, but... I think they realize, like, oh, we didn't have a giant robot fight. We really need to, like, stretch here. So they do, like, a little, they run up, they kind of, like, grab each other's hands, they spin around, then there's a hug, and then the chief is there, and Mayumi's mom is there. And it takes Mayumi's mom a minute to, like, realize that that's Mayumi. Yeah, because it they do not, I mean, like, I get it. But, like, they do not address at all that 11 years has... Like, these girls have just time-shifted forward 11 years. Like, the rest of the world kept happening, and, well, Mayumi 11, the rest of them, fewer than that. Like, the rest of the world kept happening, and they didn't. Like, they just... Like, this dude Rip Van Winkled these girls into the future. And it is just, like, it's the clearest case of, like... Because <laughs> a lot of time in Sentai, you look at an episode, you're like... This episode would have enormous repercussions beyond just like, oh, we've killed the monster and everything. Like, sometimes you just kill the monster and everything's fine. Sometimes the monster would have, like, such an incredible impact on the lives of the people that it that it was, like, messing with. And this, I think, is the clearest, the clearest uh, example of that. Like, like, the damage that Baron Nightmare has done will be felt for, like, the rest of these people's lives. Yeah. It's horrifying. And, and the thing is, the show could have done this differently and, like, had, like, grown-up versions of these characters. But 
they would have would have been, would have been like, horrible. Also, that would have been horrible because you would have stolen years of their life away. I was going to say, no version of this is good. <laughs> and also, that like that version also would have been bad, and it would have cost the show more because they would have needed to cast like six more, six or seven six more actors. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, then, that's the end of the episode. That's all. That's it. Yes, Dave, but it is not the end of our episode because now we need to determine. Whether or not Baron Nightmare is the last place on the Creature Royale. Yeah, I was going to say, it's super super easy. Let me just kind of go ahead and scroll to the bottom here. So, yeah, so the very bottom is General Cactus. Just above him is Baravacuum. Obviously, Baravacuum is better than... Barra Nightmare. Yes. So, man. Okay, so now, General I, I Cactus. Don't, I don't really want to relive the General Cactus experience, but, like, it's been a few years. Can we, like, yeah, get I think, people like, up to real speed? Real briefly, he would kidnap little girls... And turn them into like. For, let me just say, I know this is a kids' show, and that it's scarier for the little kids if like they're the ones being kidnapped. But as an adult watching the show, it's that much worse. So, anyways, but Bear Cactus would like kidnap little girls and like turn them into dolls and keep them around. I keep saying Bear Cactus. Sorry, General Cactus. Yeah, and would keep them around. And he also murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. Like he murdered a gas um, station full of people because he wanted to like steal their kids. Yeah. So, oh, no, no, no. Here it is. I just had to look up General Cactus. He didn't turn girls into dolls. He would kidnap them and paralyze them. So that he could play with them like dolls. I'm That's on the right. Here. Yeah. And then he somehow, I'm just reading the synopsis, he had given a cactus a soul and it called itself Michiru and uh, Daigo ended up with that cactus somehow and she like died. Yeah, there was, a, there was like a weird dream sequence where Daigo was like trying to save this cactus girl. Yeah. So, so man, I, I I genuinely don't want to talk about like I genuinely don't want to have a conversation where we say, "Hey, is it worse to kidnap a little girl and do one thing or a different thing?" Because they're both extraordinarily bad. Um, hey, can we just do this? Can we just put a general cactus slash bear a nightmare and be done talking about both of these terrible characters? Works for me. <laughs> All right, cool. See you guys next week. Yes. Um, thank you for hanging out with us this week. We know this episode was bad. Um, and if you watched it with us, we are sorry. I mean, our episode was good. Oh, yeah. I feel, no, we I feel were great. solid about the work we've done. Um, but you know what I mean. Sometimes, listen, we've done a couple hundred of these. Sometimes they're very good. Sometimes they aren't. And today was that. But I hope that you enjoyed us as ever. Um, and that finally is going to do it for this episode of For Your Eyes, O Ranger. Before we finish up here, I would like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. 
If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show. Speaking of the show, it is a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we've been the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I continue to be Dave. And we will see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.